Hi guys, well from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. That darned podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. Coming up today, Dan, we got a letter that we're going to be reading. Uh, yeah, it, from, we didn't get the letter. We it didn't get it. To yeah. us. Oh dear God, but, I, I'm so glad. I wouldn't want to know the person who wrote this letter. <laughs> Horrible. But somebody got a letter. Somebody got a letter and we're going to be talking about it. Oh my God! It involves it's it's got sex, it's got religion, it is everything violence or threats violence. of violence. It's got yeah. all kinds of the, it's it's got it's magic. It's got basically curses. Yeah. Uh, if it were a movie, it would be R-rated, and it's from it's, Christians. It's, it is a it's a hell of a thing. It's a hell yeah. of a thing. We'll be discussing that later on in the shoe. Coming up later. All right, Dan. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I want to start with um, this article that I more about addressing the existence of this article, right? And okay. the issues that it brings up uh, from the Deseret News, uh, which that's a, is that's a, a, a local Mormon paper. Yeah, the LDS Church owns a daily newspaper here in Salt Lake City, and they uh, their their slant is obviously. Oh yeah, you guessed it. Uh, <laughs> pro pro family, pro faith, um, pro Mormons, pro Mormons, uh, and so they have. I, I guess maybe this was an op ed. Um, okay, but it's also just par for the course for the Desert News. Sure. Uh, the headline says, "As protests erupt, Christians ask, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do?'" <laughs> Well, yes. And I mean, if if he's your only moral touchstone, <laughs> then yes, please ask what he would do. Right. But the problem is everybody has a different answer, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, in the article, they actually um, reach out to um, Bishop Marion Buddy. The, oh, yeah. Uh, she leads the Episcopal, Di Episcopal Diocese of Salt Lake, or of Washington, D.C., I'm going to be talking um, about her a little later on. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I won't I won't ruin your story by talking about her too much. But anyway, um, she was definitely very much in the news uh, this last week. Um, and uh, but they they have a quote from her, and she says, "Some people are called to be on the streets, and some people aren't. Some people are called to offer a supportive presence in one form or another, while others are just called to pray." Right. As far right. as this is in reference to, you know. Or should you be out there protesting as well? Should you be out there, you know, how right. are you How are you being an advocate um, for um, the African-American and generally the, you know, um, racial minority groups in this country? Right. right? Um, and, you know, like, it's not like the topic isn't an important one as far as, like, prodding people religious people presumably conservative christians right? right who wouldn't necessarily be on the side of a lot of these protesters and asking them hard questions about where where they should be and what they should be supporting i applaud that the article exists okay but um <clears throat> i'm tired of this what would jesus do like we need to give the guy a rest right like like seriously well, it's a problematic an question yeah. because because look you you there's there's 
one Jesus, like, you know, someone in Black Lives Matter might point out that Jesus, when he saw the money changers in the temple, threw a goddamn hissy fit, turned yeah. over their tables and started smacking them. Yeah. Started beating their asses. So, like, yeah. hello, that's what Jesus might have done. And then somebody else might have said, well, Jesus would say, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Mm. Uh, right. I don't. So, so Jesus is against throwing stones, apparently. So, uh, <laughs> very you know, obviously, you can't you can't riot or whatever. And <laughs> right. great, we can support all the positions. Fantastic. How is that useful to me? Right, right. And and it's just <laughs> like again though this this question of, um, I. Th I I, it, it's just, it just seems like a very morally bankrupt question to be asked in the first place, right? Because it, it, it just says that, A, uh, f like, you, the person being asked this, you're supposed to just sort of know, right? Yeah. But, in, it, but, but also, it's that you're having to, to, to stop and think about this guy who lived 2,000 years ago, who, if he who, lived, if he lived, um, but anybody who I don't care who they were, right? Yeah. Who lived two thousand years ago, they have no um, perspective <laughs> on our current situations. What? In, How in do you the, figure in that? this world? They have literally <laughs> none. They're from a complete like <clears throat> the, the the time like like I'm sorry like. Like it, it's not like obviously the human condition is is, is um, doesn't change that much right over time. Right. Like we're still dealing with a lot of you know we we have similar emotional lives probably right in a lot yeah. of ways and and uh, we we have the same wants and needs in in those in those ways right. We're still human beings, yeah. Um, and so it's not like throw away any sort of ancient wisdom right but i don't care what jesus would do right right now. i literally fucking don't i don't yeah i don't care how about what um, would you do and you should probably sort yeah. that out yeah yourself. if you if you were a good person what would you do right yeah. like that's that's the question i think that's a really good question if 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 you happened to be a decent human being if you could imagine you a do? world in which you weren't the shithead that you are <laughs> What would you do? What do you think you'd do? <laughs> but that's the question, right? <laughs> that is the question. It is. Yeah. What would Jesus right. do? What would not the what you're doing. What not would what you're the doing. not shithead version of you do? <laughs> what, how, what are the letters on that? How do you get that on a bracelet? W-W-T-N-S-H. <laughs> V O Y D. Anyway, uh, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a, another shithead who who needs to check in with his himself. Uh, Jay Fall Jew, Jerry Falwell Jr., uh, president of the uh, of Liberty University, who you'll be shocked to learn <laughs> pissed mm -hmm. off some black folks recently. Uh, which you'd think that guy, of all people, would be just awesome for them. Mm -hmm. But indeed, no. Uh, he recently, in, in an attempt to uh, call out the, uh, the governor 
of the fair state of Virginia, where he, uh, where where Liberty University is located, um, because the governor uh, Ralph Northam uh, wanted to require was requiring mask wearing, uh, and as a as and and of course Falwell was just I mean he was one of the first he was a pioneer in the uh, mask denying world. <laughs> if you'll recall, we talked about uh, Liberty University deciding that they were going to have classes almost instantly. That it didn't hmm. end up happening, or or ended up being weirded out. So something ended up going squirrely with it. But they were certain they were going to have classes again, and this you know this whole thing's just a hoax anyway. Right. Uh, anywho, uh, he decided to mock uh, the governor by saying that he he would only wear a mask if it contained. The picture of that particular governor, uh, Mr. Northam, uh, from the 80s, where he very uh, ill-advisedly went to a party in blackface. So oh, he God. thought that this, Falwell thought this was a really good dig on Northam and, uh, you know, post, tweeted a picture of a mask with Northam in blackface on it and standing next to a guy, someone in a KKK uh, costume. Oh my Which, God! Yeah, oh, it's a great costume. It's it, it's a classic. It goes it goes over well every year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was the '80s, and for those of you who weren't around for the '80s, that was a different time. We had we had different standards back then. <laughs> Nevertheless, it's a terrible thing uh, that Governor Northam did, or at least that people claim Governor Governor Northam did. So, uh, but. Unfortunately for Jerry Falwell, Mr. Jr., he uh, he didn't anticipate that the black community would not like that joke very much. Uh, even though it's <laughs> supposed to be a joke on Governor Northam, uh, no, nobody likes it when you retweet something about when you know when you tweet a picture of somebody in blackface and use that as a prop for your own beef with somebody else. So a whole bunch of uh, African-American Liberty University students and uh, former students and alumni uh, are calling for him to step down as president of the school. They wrote a letter that says, you have belittled staff. And this, you know, this is beyond just this one tweet, but the tweet was sort of the lightning rod of the whole thing. Uh, and the letter said, you have belittled staff, students, and parents. You have def defended inappropriate behaviors of politicians, encouraged violence, and disrespected people of other faiths, they wrote. Uh, your heart is in politics more than in Christian academia or ministry. Wow. Yeah. And one Liberty U uh, professor, uh, he's a professor on, in their online university, uh, an African-American by the name of Christopher House uh, qu quit over the whole thing. So, oops. I guess he kind of <laughs> stepped in it on that one. Well, it's really hard to imagine him stepping in it. Right? Because it's... it's <laughs> it's It just never happened. Like, well, he's, he's just... I mean, he's always got things so figured out. Right? But, but really, considering how how much his followers love his bullshit it's almost hard to imagine that he can do anything wrong because like trump his, the people that like him will let him get away with any goddamn thing but apparently not uh 
everybody is like that. So that's nice huh. to know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Dan. Yeah. On the on the heels of that story, um, LDS Church president, that's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as they want to be called these days. The Mormons. Uh, the Mormons. Uh, the president of the church, Russell M. Nelson, uh, who last year, or maybe it was two years ago, um, met with um, uh, NAACP officers, yeah. right? Kind of like mm-hmm. top officers, uh, and uh, and had a little a little nice little sit down and nice little chat, and and it was kind of a thing. And and the church has been you know, trying to be helpful and outspoken on, on, on issues of, of, of race, right? They're trying uh, to. They're trying to, right? Well, so he comes out this week, and, and uh, he's not the only sort of religious leader who's, who's making statements in, in, in light of um, recent events in this country. Right. Um, he uh and then uh you know i mean the popes had had stuff to say right, right. Uh, and kind of said stuff similar that the the pope said that that racism is a sin right and russell M. nelson totally completely is right along with that he says racists need to repent um and he says let's see let, let, let's get let's get some of the stuff that he says out of the way he says okay uh we join with many throughout this nation and around the world who are deeply saddened at recent evidences of racism and a blatant disregard for human life uh, we abhor the reality that some would deny others respect and the most basic freedoms because of the color of his or her skin um, the almighty calls on each of us to abandon attitudes of prejudice against any group of god's children um any of us who has prejudice against another race needs to repent fantastic great that's a great i can statement. see some problems <laughs> just okay just kind of um, right out the chute i feel like there might be a problem there well the the, the problem that i see <laughs> is that the lds church still has a serious problem throughout their sort of sacred texts in particular right like this is the undeniable part is that you go through right. the book of mormon and there is uh racist passage after racist passage after oh, yeah. racist passage the book is thematically racist right one it of is the about- first things that happens in the book is that the bad guys turn brown just yeah like and literally the evil there, there's a bunch of brothers and the good ones stay white and yeah. the bad ones turn brown. Like you and, can't have a more clear racist message right. than that. And throughout the book, whenever uh, the, the Lamanites, those are the brown ones, right? Uh, whenever the Lamanites um, become righteous, <laughs> they become white. Oh, right? And lest, lest you guys are like, oh, you guys are like... You guys are just like exaggerating here, yeah. right? No, I here we go. Um, I have a page of of passages from the Book of Mormon pulled up, Ooh. and I just did. Uh, I just typed in the word "white" into the Finder, and uh-huh. it pulled up fifteen message uh, uh, matches. Right? Okay. Um, let's see. From First Nephi, that's the first book. First right? book of the Bible uh, of first, the Book of Mormon. Right. Um, 
is a passage that says that uh, I beheld the city of Nazareth, and the city of Nazareth I beheld a virgin, and she was exceedingly fair and white. Fixation on her color. That's interesting. Right. Um, also in First Nephi, just a couple uh, uh, chapters later, um, let's see. And I beheld the spirit of the Lord that he was that it was upon the Gentiles, and they did prosper and obtain the land for their inheritance. And I beheld that they were white and exceedingly <laughs> fair and beautiful, like uh-huh. unto my people before they were slain. Right. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's. Where's a good one? And by the way, we should point out that. Oh, here's the, the whole, here's the one. Okay. I need what? to. I'm going to interject and just point out that the entire conceit of this book is that these are Middle Easterners who have yeah. crossed the. They, so like, Middle East. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. They there were definitely go. white for sure. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then here we go. This is um, Third Nephi. Now, if you don't know uh, the order of the books in the in the Book of Mormon, you would think that Third Nephi would come really closely after First Nephi. Maybe you know, like after just two books later. Nephi, yeah. Right after Second Nephi, it doesn't. This is way later. This is after the rise and falls, or the the, the or nations sort of rise and fall in righteousness and and iniquity. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a different this, this, Nephi. It's a very different Nephi and a very different time. It's like w- <laughs> way later, way, way, way later, uh, like a thousand years later or whatever. And it says, and it came to pass that those Lamanites, remember those are the brown ones, uh, who had united with the Nephites were numbered among the Nephites and their curse was taken from them and their skin became white like unto the Nephites and their young men and their daughters became exceedingly fair and they were numbered among the Nephites and were called Nephites. They were so white, they could just blend right in, right? Yeah. Um, and it just goes on and on. And this yeah. is this is the, uh, like, it is one of the takeaways of the Book of Mormon is that white, that righteous people are white, right? Yeah. Righteous people turn white over the course of generations if they continue in righteousness or immediately this, or immediately there is there's actually one story that it's like very 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 actually the one i just read there's yeah. they, there's no time frame there right no um, i love the i and but the, here's the thing it's not like they kept they can find that to the the times of the book of mormon mormons for decades believe yeah. for for a century believed that brown people who were who were righteous could just could just in, over their lifetime become more white i've heard their it. righteousness i've heard mormons say that the president i there I've was heard, a, no i've well, literally heard, like this yeah. this is in my experience as a mormon <laughs> right i have heard older members of the ward oh. amongst the other white people talk yeah. about some of the, you know, whether it was Native Americans who maybe yep. were members of the ward or Mexicans or Mexican, Mexican, like, and they would, they would comment on, don't you think they just look a little bit whiter? <laughs> oh, they would say it. And where the did they get it? They thing. got it from their most sacred book. And so, right. so looping back to Russell M. Nelson. Right. Yeah. And the fact that he would dare call racists to repent, which I think is a good thing. Right. Sure. I think I think 
races being called uh, out and being told that they need to change is a good thing. But to yep. do so without facing your own racist problems as an organization is hypocrisy at its finest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a guy who's the head of a church that wouldn't, that like oppressed black people until the late 70s, yeah. well after the, the rest of the country had sort of figured it out at least on a on an institutional level that like there's there's supposed to be some equality there yeah. like way late in the game they do this and did they ever apologize for any of the bullshit that came before did they ever do anything remotely like a repentance mm. no mm -mm. fuck no mm -mm. They've they never swept apologized. it under the under the yeah. under the rug, and if anyone brought it up, they got offended. Literally, have never apologized ever. Yeah, because that, as, as Utah was a slave territory, <laughs> which just fucking blows my mind. Yeah, how in God's name? Ugh. Yeah, there's anyway. a new. There's a. We'll we'll need to read it, but there's a new book that just launched uh, by Joanna Brooks. Who's a, a faithful Mormon? I think I think she's still faithful, but it's about white supremacy within the church, and oh, I nice. want to read it. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. So there you go. All right. Well, I'm going to take us to uh, the United States Supreme Court, uh, which is a, a an entity in which I have d ever decreasing faith, but there is there is a little bit of light uh from coming from that building this this week because in a 5 to 4 vote mm. the uh the supreme court shot down a church that was uh that was desperately claiming that california had no right to tell them that they couldn't meet together even mm. during a pandemic yeah it's pretty remarkable yeah robert yeah. You know, yeah, across the Chief, political divide, so to speak. Yeah, Chief Justice Roberts, who apparently is starting to go, oh shit, they'll call this my court in the history books. I gotta be on the right side of a few of these things. Well, people have have always sort of said this about Roberts that he would, um, that he he values the court's balance as much as anything, right? And so he's willing to side with the, with the the liberals on the court. Or right. in order to sort of help maintain that balance, he's a fast. He's actually a fascinating character. Like, yeah. I don't like him and I don't agree with him usually, but like, at he's least he is, he's an intellectually, um, uh, how do you say? Uh, he has an intellectual integrity. I guess is probably yeah. the best way to say it. Uh, the dissent was written by uh, frat boy Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> who uh who basically just said but it's a church they should be able to do what they want yeah uh over and over and over for several pages <laughs> just copy and paste right <laughs> so uh well i mean it, that's that's great news it's great news yeah it's a great yeah, development uh, right so i so in this country yes indeed the government is allowed to say uh, it's not in the interest of the public and their health for you to meet, and you have you still have to listen to them, even if Jesus told you not to. 
good awesome yeah all right dan i've got some profit news i love profits they're just so much fun <laughs> right who doesn't love a good profit man because they're the know, best they just spout off they just say yeah. whatever's on their mind you know like last week you know wishful thinkers is basically what they should be called right um, yeah um well wishful thinker tb jo- uh, joshua um who is a apparently he's he's quite famous in nigeria oh um, okay he uh he came out a uh, little let's see mid-march and said that the coronavirus will go away all by itself on march 27th oh okay oh he had a date um, yeah and he also like Strong. gave himself tons of time Right. Like, I mean, that's some bold prophesying when you see the world totally crumbling. Right. Yeah. And, and people just getting sick left, right and center um, to, to pick a date that's only, you know, what, 12 days later. Right. That's smart. Yeah. But, I mean, but I guess if you're just going to make stuff up, you might as well just make it up. But I, yeah, I, but you know, here's like, the thing. I, imagine if he had been right. That would have blown everybody's mind. Uh, he was he was shooting the moon, I guess. On yeah. This one. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's see. What, what were some of the details of this that I wanted to bring? Oh, um, he says um, he says I came out at the beginning of this year saying last year will end in March, and the year will continue to be very fa- fearful until this month what uh this month the tw- on the tw- uh, 27th it will be over by the end of this month whether we like it or not no matter the medicine they might have produced to cure whatever it will go the way it came so of course it didn't go away and yeah. um, i don't even know what that means it will go the way it came suddenly it'll uh, go back to china <laughs> i guess so i don't know um so he he came out afterwards and he goes oh my god yeah. and this is their this is always their defense right i love it <laughs> it's not always their defense but it's so commonly their defense and he goes what i meant was spiritual not physical <laughs> right yeah um he says that men of today lack understanding and it clearly <sighs> shows how people perceived his revelation he said, I meant coronavirus would vanish spiritually the way it came. As I speak, the virus is no more in the spirit realm. <laughs> Angels are not getting it at They're all. They're safe. Angels are safe, um, <laughs> which is wonderful. Um, he says, I didn't oh specify. God. He says, get this. I didn't specify. So why would people conclude I meant physically? Oh, it's, men of today it, lack understanding. It's obvious when you think about it. <laughs> Instead when of you taking think about time, it, when you really put your mind to it, uh, oh my God, what is he talking about? Like, why would you say that to a group of people who are obviously <laughs> concerned about the, the coronavirus, right? Which is something yeah. that uh, the, up until this point, I guess we didn't know that it, it existed spiritually, right? And that it was a problem for angels. Um, and so, like, you're going to have to spell this out for us, dude. Like, if you meant spiritually, that that would have been a good good thing to say back then, right? Yeah. Say if by you the want 27th, us to take your prophecy seriously, you got to give it to us 
in whole at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, we won't be able to test it. You'll still just be able to say that you were you were right all along, right? Right. Never fear, never fear everybody. The angels are safe. <laughs> it's not in the spiritual realm at we, all. Everybody We did stop. it everybody. We got rid of the virus. <laughs> stop stop making your spiritual respirators and your spiritual masks. We appreciate yeah. you sewing them at home so to send off to the angels but don't worry they're safe oh my god the lord hath provided yeah amazing right oh my god so stupid i profits profits man they uh <laughs> they're not great let's just let's just put it this way uh, even Nostradamus got, let me just do a quick calculation, 0% of things right, unless you stretch and bend everything to beyond the bounds of it possibly being a thing. I don't know. Didn't he, like, <laughs> predict World War One? Yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, I wanted to talk about an event that most of our listeners will be aware of, uh, will, will have seen pictures of, and that is our president... Our uh, our our leader leader and healer, our our the the guy we all look to right now for uh, for comfort. And Please don't. For, there is uh, no comfort anyway. There. Donald Donald Trump, uh, after, you know, in the midst of all of these riots, or and, and uh, no, let's not say riots because there have been a few riots, but really minimal rioting. Uh, that's right. just what's getting all the press in the midst of all of these peaceful protests. Right. against uh, police brutality. The, one of the most brutal moments of the entire uh, week came when Donald Trump decided he wanted to go and pose with a Bible in front of a church. Yeah. And, of course, this started with... There were, there were people protesting in front of that church, peacefully, kindly, mm -hmm. There were uh, little tables set up for medical help. If you needed some medical help, you could get some water if you needed it. It was just a cute little uh, protest, just, you know, sweet. And then suddenly, jackbooted thugs came in with tear gas and flash grenades mm -hmm. and, like, literally gassed them off yeah. of the uh, away from the church, including the church's own parish priests. Like... <laughs> They all gassed them away, and then an hour later, uh, up comes Mr. Trump with his prop Bible, which is amazing because if, if you guys have seen the pictures, it's like he's never held a book before in his life. <laughs> the man looks so awkward. Every time he holds it, he's holding it like awkwardly in front of himself. Three, you know, a foot and a half away from his body in case it burns him, or he, he holds it like kind of up and away from himself in the, yeah. it's it's kind of like he's like weirdest. he's holding it wondering like or asking the crowd whose is this whose <laughs> exactly. does this belong so, to somebody lose a book anybody <laughs> i found a book it says bibble on it <laughs> oh my god it is so creepy and he just stands yeah. there with his blank face and dead eyes and just holds it uh and he did this at multiple uh, religious locations over the last few days and I gotta say first of all s the uh, the bishop and the priest 
for that Episcopal church that he first did the first thing to, both disavowed the event completely. Yeah. They weren't checked in with at all. They both said it was like the opposite of what Jesus would do yeah. uh, and disavowed it completely. And then he just kept doing it. He <laughs> went to a, a Catholic shrine to uh, to Pope John Paul. That's a big thing with his wife, who she claims to be or to be uh, Catholic, so okay. But they went there, and I don't know if you've seen this video, Frank. I watched the video of them standing in front of this, you know, 15-foot-tall statue of the Pope. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a moment, you guys, you got to look it up. There's a moment where he grabs her, her hand, and there are lots of different videos of her swatting his hand away when he tries to grab it, which is creepy and hilarious and scary and all the things like it's very clear that like she does not want to be anywhere near this man he grabs her hand and she knows she can't let go but she like jerks and it's it is terrifying it's genuinely it feels like you know what a what what a kidnap victim would do or whatever Ugh. like her her response is crazed Ugh. but yeah they uh you know they, they 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 even apparently tried to uh, put on a show of praying there because one of the big complaints of him going to the other church was he didn't even try to pray. Uh, <laughs> right. He didn't. Yeah, I mean, so uh, you me- mentioned Marianne Buddy Bud, uh, the re- the uh, the bishop of the even- uh, of the Episcopalian Church uh, that he stood in front of. She said. He didn't come to pray to church to pray. He didn't come to church to offer condolences to those who are grieving. He didn't come to commit to healing our nation. Right. All the things that one would expect and long for from the highest leader of our of our land. Yeah. Which is true, because what yeah. he had said just a few minutes before that was that uh, he was going to send in the military if if the governors couldn't get the protesters in line. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. But she spoke real truth, right? Like, yeah. Her comments and and um, and and I've I've seen her in interview, you know, since mm. um, like she's not asking for like like she she she's completely reasonable, right? Like right, <laughs> she's just like don't use us as a prop, right? Like come like you're still welcome here, you know, sort of yeah, speaking, you know, to him, I guess, um, you know. She says that he's welcome. Just yeah, come and if do he, what, he, what he people opened do himself up to this. Yeah, if he had just gone to, if he had just called and said, "Hey, we want to do something in your church. Can we work with you on that?" She would have said yes. She would have said, "Let's yeah, let's issue a joint statement. Let's right. calm the people. Let's blah blah blah." He just fucking walked over. Yeah, it's amazing to me. He so he opened himself up to all of these criticisms. Whereas yeah, if he had done it the right way, he would have the blessing of the religious community. Yeah. Instead, it wasn't just her. Catholic Archbishop, the Catholic Archbishop of D.C., Reverend Wilton Gregory, said, here, here's his quote. I find it baffling and reprehensible that any Catholic facility would allow itself to be so egregiously misused and manipulated in a fashion that violates our religious principles, which call us to defend the rights of all people, even those with whom we might disagree. Wow. That's a, 
It's, these people are not pulling punches. Yeah. It's so there you go. Well, uh, ladies and germs, if you guys have anything you'd like to say about uh, Donald Trump in front of churches or any of the <laughs> things we've talked about today, you can write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and click the like button. And while you're there, search for the TGIA members only lounge or request to join is a closed group, but we will let you in. Also find us on Twitter at TGI Atheist. So Dan. Hey. Um, we're going to play a little audio clippy. Uh, from, yeah. from one of our all-time faves um, oh. who who's not going to be with us much longer but so we need to to cherish him as yeah. much as as much as we can and that's mr pat robertson um, and the reason that he's our fave the <laughs> the thing that makes him so great it's not because we like him <laughs> no no he's a, he's a turd of a man but what's amazing about him is you can't get a finger on him. Like, <laughs> a lot of these other guys, you can just label them just shithead, and you'll know exactly what they're going to say about any subject, and mm -hmm. it's just going to be obvious or whatever. <laughs> but not Patty Boy. Every now and then you're like, what? He comes out of left field with like a totally, like a meteorological report, or like, you don't know what's going to happen. And this one actually surprised me a little bit. You know, there's a purpose of everything under heaven. We read in the Bible, and there's a time, and it seems like now is the time to say, I understand your pain. I want to comfort you. I think it's time we love each other. But the president took a different course. He said, I am the president of law and order, and he issued a heads up. He said, I'm ready to send in military troops if the nation's governors don't act to quell the violence that has rocked American city. Matter of fact, he spoke of them as being jerks. You just don't do that, Mr. President. It isn't cool. It isn't cool. That's not cool. It's not cool. You know who's the arbiter of what's cool? Well, a cool cat like Pat Robertson. He's got his black turtleneck and tan and blazer. And blazer on. Like, yeah, he's looking pretty cool. He knows what to cool me, looks yeah. like. Cool. <laughs> I mean, he was. Damn. Cool cat. D dude. <laughs> Back in the day. President Trump, that's not cool. <laughs> I just, I just, it's, every, it's everything about that clip. It is the fact that he is like actually correct in his assessment of what a president should be doing in that moment. Yeah. It is the fact that he's using the word cool. Like everything about that clip makes me happy and confused. <laughs> So, oh, Donald there Trump. There you go. All right. Well, we have some we had some folks right into us we did. and I wanted to read those. Uh Jeremy wrote into us. Uh you remember Frank that you and I were talking about uh the uh the people hollering from the minarets in uh in <laughs> mosques and how we we didn't want that at 5 in the morning and but we I think we mentioned that you know Church bells can actually be kind of nice. Uh-oh. Well, Somebody doesn't like church bells. 
Well, Jeremy said, if you like church bells so damn much, come to Switzerland. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Every 15 minutes, 24-7. Plus a 10-minute bell bang- bangathon at 6 or 7 a.m. and 7 or 8 p.m. Not to mention extended bang-outs on Sunday. I'll take the Minaret concert. At least I can get more than a quarter of an hour of uninterrupted sleep at a go. It sounds still, uh, still- delightful. Does not oh does it? I mean, not if you're not if you're right near the church. Not if you're near the church. I mean, gotta, I lived you, in Rome for crying out loud. Like I know something of church bells, um, and elsewhere in smaller some smaller towns in in Italy. Like I wonder if it is different for for Switzerland just because they were so they prided themselves on their clocks for so long. Is that what it is? The, the they very needed to show off their bell ringing. <laughs> They're like it's our only thing. We can't we can't bong a Swiss Army knife. We've got to go with the with the bells. Yeah. No. I don't know. Like. Okay. Yeah. Any of this could be taken to an extreme, right? Yeah. But <clears throat> if I'm gonna take one versus the other, I don't know. <laughs> dong dong dong. That's a little well, bit more tolerable. Yeah, I don't know. I agree. I <clears throat> although yeah, I've never tried to live next to a church that did everything every fifteen minutes. That yeah, just no, that's that does seem excessive. A bit much. Right? And six a.m. in the morning also seems excessive. Yeah, I'm more talking about you know just some tolling and. Yeah. Sunday morning, you know. Yeah, every every Sunday and Christmas, there's a there's a a, a bing bong bing bong yeah. bing bong bing bong. Or like That'll you know, wedding. There's a wedding. Sure. Ring the bells. We're How am I supposed to know if there's a wedding without you ringing those bells? <laughs> those are weddings are big for me. Um, do we? I I think you have a voicemail that you should play. I do. Uh, this is from a young listener of ours. Um, and he has a question. So let's just, let's hear what he has to say. Hey guys, this is Connor from Durham. I'm a high schooler and I, myself, I identify as agnostic. Um, but specifically not atheist because one of these things that obviously I don't think any of the present religions are correct. I see loopholes in all of them and how logical policies exist, but how do you feel about something else that could have happened? Because humans didn't come around for a reason. Evolution couldn't have happened so perfectly. So how do you address this issue? Thanks, Connor. Yeah, thank you. It's a good question. Uh, here's the thing. You're going to have to define perfectly for me because <laughs> I don't think humans are remotely perfect. Right. I think humans are a goddamned mess. But we like and to think I, of ourselves as as sort of the culmination of of, of evolution, right? Or or, 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 or or as as these superior beings, these yeah. amazing, you know, if God didn't create us, right? How are we so amazing? Well, guess what? We're slow. Uh-huh. We have cognitive biases like crazy. Yeah. I I have nipples. Why the hell do I have nipples? <laughs> Tailbone, like we appendix, yeah, right. Like we are a mess, you know, like uh, vestiges of of 
vestigial organs actually that yeah. come from that are useless why are they there well they guess they were useful at one point not now we're, why do, why do we have uh why are our eyes like kooky weird just yeah they have they, they there's a hole in all of our vision that our <laughs> eyes have to just sort of yeah. train out but it's there we can't <laughs> yeah. actually see very well we yeah. why is our breathe hole the same as our eat hole yeah that makes no sense. I the know. fact that we can choke on our food is the stupidest design choice <laughs> of all time. <laughs> like, it's such an easy fix. <coughs> Whales breathe out of one hole and eat out of another hole, and they're doing great. It's very clever. It's just, just, it just put they the breathe hole like in the, the back. Apex. That they're they're worked out perfectly for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's anyway. just you know, there's there's so it's so easy to look at us and think, oh, we're great. Uh, but I, you, if you look a little closer, <laughs> no, right? I mean, we're we we're good. Like when you get a bunch of us together, like we've evolved to be a really cool species as as a sort of organized unit. But you put one of us up against almost anything in the world, and we lose. We are a sad species if there's only one. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, to the question, right? Yeah. Which all of this has been in response to. Um, I, like, I personally, like, like, I, I, I think I kind of know maybe where, where the root of this question is. It's, it's, if you grew up being told that everything was sort of created and designed, Right. Right. Like it can be hard to look at the world and and shift from the wonder of God's creation, which is one way to look at it. Right. Mm. And to shift to the wonder of 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 the cosmos, wonder of like that, that it did all happen. Right. That it that it somehow yeah. came together and we do have this moment of consciousness. Right. Right. Um, it, during which we get to look at the beauty that is around us. But all of that beauty and all of that appreciation is a result of our environment that we came up in. Right. So yeah. to speak. Right. Like like again, we we see ourselves as being pretty awesome because because, you know, and, and, and seeing like like, you know, wow, it's amazing that somehow we got two of these arm things, right? Well, <laughs> if we had four, we'd be like, yeah, obviously forearms is amazing, right? right? Like, like, however we ended up, so to speak, right? However a sentient being ends up, they're going to look at themselves and go, yeah, these thumb things are fucking awesome. Yeah, and they are right better but than like, I am than all these non-thumb having <laughs> dickhead species. And believe me, I'm glad I have thumbs, right? <laughs> but but maybe thumbs aren't the only way. We just happen to no. get thumbs. So yeah, and there's also this this notion that uh, you know, you I, I mean, and a lot of this came. You you mentioned Connor this idea of not wanting to be called an atheist. Uh, as opposed to an agnostic. And here's the thing. I want to give you permission to be both. Mm. You can be an atheist who's not sure. Because th the trick is, nobody knows for sure right. uh, whether there are gods in the war in the universe. Uh, we can't disprove it. It's not That's not how logic works. So go ahead and be an agnostic. I am. But I also don't have any beliefs in any gods. 
and that makes me an atheist. Yeah, there you go. Both things are fine. So there you go. Uh, we had another email. Let me just grab that real quick. Uh, this is from Josh, who says, Hi, Frank. Oh, and this is about uh, the Christian rock musician that we talked about last week who oh, who, yeah. who left uh, his, his faith behind. Hey, Frank and Dan, while listening to your segment on John Steingard, I was reminded of how the deconversion of a Christian musician played a part in my own questioning of faith. Pete Stewart of the band Gramma Train. Really? Gramma Train? These guys are terrible at naming their bands. Uh, <laughs> said in an interview that he, had, he, that he no longer identified as Christian. At the time, it upset and confused me, but it was one of the many things that, when taken together, gave me permission to step back and ask whether I truly believed in all of what, I thought, what I'd been taught about God and religion. Hmm. And hey... These days I spend my Sunday mornings listening to Thank God I'm Atheist, so I think we know where that, where that path took me. <laughs> to me, public, uh, the public deconversion of someone like John Steingard isn't for or about us as an atheist community. I'm not worried about him speaking on behalf of non-believers. I see this as an invitation to those with whom he, is in, he has influence to start asking their own questions deep down. His, his story will probably play a part in someone else leaving religion the way they, that they were raised in. It uh, may not be what ultimately persuades anyone, hmm. but it will likely be a catalyst for somebody like Pete Stewart was for me. I think that's an awesome perspective. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's kind of shocking to me that we didn't touch on that even in the slightest. <laughs> so... We missed that one entirely. That is a really? fantastic point. Shocking that we and, missed uh, something. Really? <laughs> yeah, I know. You and I are usually exactly on the ball. We are like like the razor's edge of perfection. But uh but yeah. that time we missed we missed a very big part of that deal. So yes, Absolutely. I'm glad to hear that that worked for you, Josh, yeah. and uh hopefully you're right. Hopefully this guy Leaving his uh, his his shitty band and their shitty uh, uh, faith behind will help somebody else. <laughs> All right, and then we have another voicemail, Dan. Cool. Um, this is from a uh, a listener by the name of Alina. She has a question. Um, what's in in a way? It's almost like a it's kind of a dating question. So oh. she definitely well, came to definitely the right gurus on place that front. for advice. Yeah. So <laughs> let, let's have a listen. Hey, guys. It's Alina from Texas. I'm in a little bit of a situation. There's a guy who I've known from work for a few years, and recently he decided to really just turn on the charm, and he's been hitting on me. And I've told him, you know, I'm not looking for romance, and I'm really not interested right now, and, you know, you're not for me. But he just wants me to go to church with him. He wants me to be in the faith with him. And I keep telling him, I'm an atheist. You need to find a woman of faith. And I think that me telling him, I don't believe in God, makes him like me more because he wants to save me. And I've said it very clear, and it's gotten to the point where I started avoiding him. And I don't want to have to block him because he's not a bad guy, but he's a little too thick to understand what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Just wondering what your thoughts are. Well, I have a few thoughts. 
Well, yeah, I do too. By the way, hi, Alina. If you're the Alina that we met when we were in Texas, hi. Hi. Uh, yeah, the, the, I got a lot of thoughts on this, but go ahead, Frank. What do you What do you got? Well, I kind of. Wow. Um, I want to start. Well, the thing that really kind of caught my attention was just sort of the 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 idea of sort of the unrelenting uh, pursuer. Right. Yeah. The, the the guy who thinks that if he just that that maybe Alina is playing hard to get or something like that. Yeah. No right? means n- no means maybe. Come yeah. on, you guys. Yeah. And so I mean, that's that's a problem right there. Right. Like yeah. Like, like like Alina says that he's a good guy and doesn't want to you know block him or have to avoid him or whatever. Um. And I appreciate the desire to kind of be nice ish but there's also the thing of like you know like you know you you gotta just kind of like if you're saying no and this guy isn't picking up on it like that that's a that's a big deal to me right like that's that's a big no-no i just wanted to chime in on that because here's the thing guys of my generation and earlier were trained to do that yeah. The media told us we were supposed to do that. The movies, the TV shows all told us you pursue a woman. You mm-hmm. don't you don't just ask her out and then that's the end of it. Right. No, no, no. The game is afoot. Yeah. You know, now it's like now how, you know, you take a different tack, you try another angle. That's wrong, fellas. Yeah. I yep. just got to say I, there's in no uncertain terms this is not how this works now, yeah. and uh, and we need to learn it and and honor it. Yeah. Because a no just means no. Yeah. You're done, son. You got to give up on that. If you know, if later she changes her mind, she'll tell you. <laughs> she'll come back. Yeah. Don't worry. She'll remember that you were being a creep. You know. She'll, well, or she'll remember <laughs> that you're interested at least. That you're interested, and, if you, and go, you went away. That you respected yeah. her. Right. Yeah, that's um, gonna that's gonna win a lot of points. Yeah. Frankly, if you say cool, I respect that. I'll uh, I'll I'll leave off, and then you show her that you're a cool guy in other ways to other people and and all the people around you. Maybe she'll be interested and she'll come to you. But if not, but also don't keep you that gotta in your let head. it go. That's not something to keep in your head as kind of like your action plan. Well, I'm gonna go be a good a good guy and a cool right. guy for her because then she'll come. No, 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 no. Just move on, dude. Like ultimately, yeah. just move on. She said no. Correct. Move on. Um, yep. And then uh, the other part that that kind of stands out uh, is just the fact that he's taking it more of a as a challenge. That, oh my god! That, that, that because he's more interested because now she's also like this project. This guy is right. bad news. Period. Like, well, get away. it's just move again, on. Again, again, there's a training problem here. Like, ah. Right. There's a there's a problem of how he's been trained here. And that problem is that his church has told him that someone who doesn't believe is a golden opportunity to save them. You can bring them to Christ and you get to be their savior. Yeah. And there's nothing grosser in the world than a savior. So <laughs> don't try to save another person. Be there for people. That's right. great. Support right. people. Awesome. Yeah. Don't try to save somebody. Ugh. That's gross. But Alina, as far as like how you're going to deal with this or handle it or whatever, that's on you, girl. I, I, 
I mean, it sounds like you've been direct with him. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like more directness might be required if you want. If you want to salvage the friendship, it sounds like really what needs to happen is you need to sit him down and say, "Listen, you're really bothering me right now. Yeah, this has gone too far. I have said no too many times, and you're not hearing me. And we can't be friends if you continue this way. Right. Yeah. And I want to be your friend, but I'm not going to be your friend if you can't honor my boundaries. Right. And also respect who I am. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Why would he want to date someone who, like, yeah, okay. It's just dumb. We've because been it makes dumb such things. a great story, Dan. Like, they'll be able to oh tell their God. grandchildren about how yeah. grandpa saved grandma from, yeah. you know, the, a life of, of atheism. Yeah, nope. exactly. Nope. It's gross. It's gross. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, do we have some folks to thank? We do, Dan. We have three new... Uh, patrons on Patreon. Actually, Dan, before we even get to all, all of that, I yeah. have something of an announcement. We have a f- we have officially now longtime listeners of the show, people who've been around for a little while, uh, will recall that for a while we were running a, a campaign on Patreon, right? That we had yeah. goals, right? And at a certain point, we sort of recognize and we, we sort of read the the, the 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 temperature of the room right we read <laughs> and, and and we were like you know what we have a lot of supporters and we have a lot of people who um um are have been giving for a while and uh who are so incredibly supportive of the show and maybe we should stop sort of inserting this 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 conversation into every single episode. Let's just give it a little right. bit of a rest, right, for just a minute. Um, still say that it's out there if you want to join, great, but let's stop, like, like doing the hard sell. So we stopped for a while, but that didn't stop people from, like, signing up, right? Right. Um, and so slowly over time, we've hit a goal that we were being kind of quiet about. And so oh, at this okay. point, we've hit the goal of having a total number of supporters where... Um, three quarters so three out of every four shows is going to be ad free wow um, hey you guys you we'll, did it yeah we'll shut the ads off on the, so it is possible folks that you might be listening on a platform out there somewhere that is hooked up to, has grabbed onto our rss feed and that we haven't authorized and if you're hearing ads when we're saying that you're not supposed to be hearing ads you're listening on one of those platforms um yeah. there are some sort of lesser and minor podcasting platforms out there that that apparently do this we're shutting off the ads that we have control of and so that that's what's going on there so um we're at three three out of every four shows will now be uh ad free we're only 20 supporters away at the moment this is going to be the only hard sell you hear for a little while on this but at the moment we are 20 or uh members away from um uh completely off ads entirely yeah. Yeah. And so like if if you've been thinking about it, this might be a good time. Um go sign up and what what you're doing with that act uh of generosity is shutting it off for everyone. Because as soon as yeah. you become a supporter, you already get access to an RSS feed that um is ad free. It's an ad free. Right. Yeah. Um and so 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 you're golden there. But you're helping the entire community 
of listeners to not have to deal with these ads anymore. We we decided a long time ago we don't like them, but they've been yeah. a necessary evil. In in and and but we kind of figured out well how many supporters sort of your average supporter will it take for us to wean ourselves off of of any ads ad revenue um and so that's how we structured the whole thing so if you want to sign up you can go to thankgodimatheist.com click on the support tab follow it through and then we now we have three people to thank dan um we have a new teacher by the name of megan thank you megan you held the second office in the ironic priesthood now Um, blessed be you (laughs) we have a new priest simon thank you simon Ooh, Uh, simon yeah you can uh break bread bless the sacrament yeah (laughs) uh and then we have randy who signed up as a high priest is i believe the level that he signed up at um it sounds super fancy it usually just means you're napping during church <laughs> just that's you have permission usually, to be old <laughs> usually what that means um but thank you so much uh for all of your support and as always we have our top donor our lord and savior davis yay well thanks all of you you're amazing uh if you would like to join the ranks of the people who uh who, who give a little bit to this show every week please feel free to go to thankgodimatheist.com click the support tab it's so easy. You, you decide what level you want to support us at, and uh, and we'll just we'll just appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Dan, hey. So you were actually the one to to bring this uh, letter. Uh, from a Christian dad to my attention today. Um, oh my god! It, it is <laughs> it is astounding the worst thing I've read in so long. Like <laughs> it's horrifying. He's yeah. like the 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 the, the it, it's it's basically he 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 writes this letter to the young man who like ten years prior, by the way, um, who <laughs> quote stole his daughter's virginity. Yeah, she's a he's a damn thief. Un yeah, and 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 you go through the whole thing, and he the dad is just like making this case essentially <clears throat> for like his daughter's virginity belonging to to him to to the father, right? And being a commodity of value. Yeah, that that this guy stole from his daughter, but more from him. Like if the dad was really the the owner and protector of his daughter's virginity, <laughs> and uh, and this guy came along, you know, years ago, and took it, and right. it's a what the it's a remarkable letter. I think you guys should all uh, look it up if you get the chance to. Yeah, we we should post uh, it on places where you know <clears throat> people follow us online. Um, yeah, because it, it yeah. is it is so wretched. Um, but some of the highlights. What were your highlights, Dan? Oh man, you know it's. It, here's the thing. He starts out by saying, "It has been nearly ten years since I learned that you stole my daughter Blank's virginity. Initially, it was my intention to forgive you. Which that to me, right there, that would be a good Christian way to handle this." But this dude is a Old Testament Christian, not a New <laughs> Testament Christian. Nobody told him that Jesus has even 
existed yet. So <laughs> he said, but after I confronted you about it and you expressed repentance, I later learned that you have since gone and done the same to others. Moreover, you have regarded the matter more like winning a game than the despicable deed it was. Ugh. I, it's just, here's the thing. For, for a, a long, 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 long time, a woman's virginity, and this didn't really apply to men, and it obviously doesn't apply to men in this guy's mind either. A woman's virginity was something to be sought. It was, it was, it was, it was something to be guarded and protected. Right. And, uh, and okay, great, but this isn't 1630 in, uh, or, you know, 1820s. This is right. now. Right. And, uh. Somebody along the way figured out that women are actually in charge of their own bodies. Well, that's been a little bit more recently than even the 1820s, Dan, to be fair. Yeah, I know. But so. it had but a little less but at least this guy, you know, it's our lifetime. Well, we I know mean, this to be now. fair. Uh, like you don't have to look very far to find oh what what is it, about a third of the country, a quarter of the country, that absolutely doesn't believe that a woman has a right to her own body, in the, you know, well, just in, with abortion laws, right? Like, Well, the, there the, is that. So, but, but like, and obviously this guy is of that ilk, right? That the women's, <laughs> women don't have their own autonomy. They aren't, they aren't their own agents, right? Right. And that they're to be protected by their fathers and then handed over to their husbands um like i the, the, i love this line uh he says for a brief pleasure you forever took me uh took from me the sublime yeah. joy of giving my pure virgin daughter away in marriage to her chosen husband <laughs> what i love that he's he's happy to let her choose the husband <laughs> he's very progressive to this whom man. he will give her virginity. <laughs> well, let me tell you she... though, that guy, in order to 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 be good with, you know, whoever whoever this this potential husband is, in order to be good right. with his future father-in-law, this douchebag, um, like he's gonna have to play so many stupid games. Like, imagine oh if God. he doesn't give this man the the correct deferential respect and all the right. the stupid doesn't, traditions of asking for his daughter's hand in marriage right. and crap like totally, that. Totally, totally. Like, this is definitely that guy. <laughs> this is the guy who who would be mortified if the son if the son in law didn't come to him and say, "I'd like your permission to marry your daughter." Oh, God, it's so gross. <clears throat> It's so gross. I, I like the the. the it's amazing. I mean, and here's what's amazing is, uh, I will tell you. Quote. This is a quote. I will tell you that my wrath against you is so great that to kill you by ex by prolonged and extreme torture, followed by thorough desecration and destruction of your corpse, would not be enough to extinguish my anger. However, I am restrained from doing violence against you by the sole fact that I have given my heart to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, my God, you're <laughs> mentally ill. And mentally I, look, ill. And, and, like, a really good Christian, apparently. Yeah. Like a true follower yeah. of Jesus Christ. <laughs> what would Jesus well, do? 
What would Jesus right. do in this situation? It always terrifies me. You know, it, many people have pointed out that one of the scariest things is when a, a Christian person asks a non-Christian, well, how? what's keeping you from murdering somebody if you don't believe in Jesus? <laughs> this guy clearly thinks that if he didn't believe in Jesus, it would be his—he would just have to murder. He'd have yeah. to do straight up, like, he would go full Dexter on this dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, this this guy for this guy, his his Christian faith is both the problem and the one thing keeping him from <laughs> right, right. Like, 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 yeah, okay. Thank God, I guess in some way, but also, isn't that like the same like faith that's gotten him to this like ridiculous, fucked up yeah. point? Now, I mean, the guy's a Neanderthal, and maybe he would have been a Neanderthal anyway. Um, who knows? And who? And you I know, probably shouldn't malign Neanderthals, actually. By well, and but, here's the thing: we said something about mental illness before, and he may have some sort of mental illness, but he may not. And you know, there's nothing wrong with having mental illness, right? But this guy, it may well be that his only mental illness is his religion. It may well be that the only thing that is fucked in his brain is that he believes this nonsense and he goes through it yeah. he's got a list uh like he wants to get litigious about it yeah but he knows he can't go to the courts because there's nothing there's nothing to prosecute in man's law right but well, he's gonna go to god's law and oh my god he well, has a solution yeah he has he has petitioned the courts of heaven to <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. He's I, <clears throat> So I have petitioned the courts of heaven to take from you and give to me that which is your dearest possession, your youth and all the goods that goes with it. Suspicious specifically <laughs> This is a direct quote. I demand divine restitution that will age you and rejuvenate me 49 years. <laughs> <laughs> and he has math to support the 49 years. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's 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 done the he's done the calculations on that. <laughs> Therefore, if from this date you discover that you're that you have aged significantly or are aging rapidly, know that it is not a medical condition, <laughs> it is the judgment of God. <laughs> You so do he, not have reverse Benjamin Button syndrome. <laughs> you are being punished uh, by the Lord. So, like, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm reading the, I'm like, so, like, in this guy's mind, were, like, the, the ancient prophets who lived to, like, be, like, 900 years old or whatever, right? Were their yeah. daughters just having their, like, virginity stolen left and right? <laughs> like, is that the way that you live to be 900 years old? Like, what is this guy, where is this guy getting off with this? Like, where does he come up with this? This is absolute oh pure insanity. Yeah. And oh. he and he goes through a whole bunch of different, like, reasonings for, you know, biblical <laughs> passages that he thinks grants him the right to this. Uh it is amazing. Yeah. And and truly, I guess, I mean, is the takeaway from this that this is the logical conclusion of Bible literalism? Because it kind of feels like that's what it is. 
I mean, the the problem with Bible literalism is that you can, I mean, just as easily, well, no, I guess uh, it's going to take you a thousand different directions, right? Oh, that's true. You can just manipulate it however you want. Sure. It's still literal. Right. Yeah. It's still the literal word of the Bible. Well, except for that other part that you're not paying attention to and except, oh, and that other part that completely contradicts contradicts the stance that you just took right like right but i believe literally these specific parts of the bible that i'm picking and choosing i believe them literally oh yeah and and i'm ignoring the rest and here's the question that i would that i sincerely would want to ask the dad or this this, yeah yeah this dad guy um is i want to know if he had sex before marriage oh interesting right like who did he uh, steal the what? What father out there did he steal right. the virginity from? Because that's also that's the a trick great here, question. right? Is it stealing the virginity from the father? Yeah, which, which is quite the sexual act for a seventeen-year-old, I would assume, right? Like, yeah, the, <laughs> it's just, I it's amazing. Yeah, her virginity belongs to him, <laughs> and and it's. Yeah, the phrasing, you deliberately took me, took from me my most precious treasure. Yeah. Like he's fucking, like her virginity is Gollum and his ring. It's like, <laughs> it's amazing. Like he, right. he sees it as his own possession and literally nothing in his brain. Also, he's been seething about it for yeah. 10 years, which is madness. Right. But nothing in his brain has ever thought to go. Well, maybe, maybe that's between my daughter and him and not my business. Like it's never occurred to him at all that this was, that, that, that there's anything, that there is any flaw in his thinking. He has just been sitting, eating Cheetos and stewing and raging (laughs) for, for 10 years. God damn it. I'm and we'll continue to do so because he's not going to get any younger. Well, Sorry, and- <laughs> buddy. Like, it's not going to, like, the courts of heaven have uh, have convened and they say no. <laughs> so you get to stew and be angry for the rest of your goddamn life if you don't have some epiphanies yeah. and fast. Oh, my God. It's like he, yeah. I mean, clearly he's just been scouring the Bible. Oh yeah, for for ten yeah. years, right? Um, it's, and and he's looking only for one thing. He's yeah. looking for pa- only for passages that support his rage, right? And his and and, and somewhere in the in all of that, right? His favorite book is the Portrait of Dorian Gray. Right? <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know how else you get like some weird fucked up idea about aging like this. Like this is coming yeah. out of nowhere. Or Benjamin yeah. Button, oh. I guess, right? Or, or something. <laughs> like it's an amazing proposition. Just, <laughs> just it's completely I, unique. Like I've never heard this one. Right? This is so well, new and fresh to me. What's beautiful about it, and is also the saddest part maybe of this whole thing is that it's clear that he believes in this magic. Mm-hmm. Like, this mm-hmm. is, you know, because here's the thing. The Bible, Christianity, it really does promise magic. Yeah. And that was one of the big things that destroyed my faith, as you know, was that I was promised magic as a young Mormon, 
and I was given the magic powers. <laughs> I, w I, I was, I was ordained into the magic. They told me I would have it, and I didn't feel any different, and I couldn't make anything cool happen, and the world just kept spinning exactly as it had been before, and mm. no matter what I asked of the world or the universe or God, everything just kept going on the same that it, w that it was. Here's a man who's, you know, middle-aged or later, who still believes that the magic is real yeah. and that magical thinking will solve this problem and that he has the solution. Yeah. And you got to think a guy like this has been disappointed over and over <laughs> and over again by his God. And he just Probably keeps going too. back for more punishment. <laughs> it's so <laughs> sad. Well, Dan, I actually uh, ha do have to disagree with you about one thing, though. Like you said that oh, like, okay. you, you got the priesthood and then you couldn't do anything. You could, there was no magic. <laughs> Dan, you could pass the sacrament. <laughs> you could set the I sacrament have... up two years I... later. And then two years after that, you could actually bless the sacrament. What are you talking about? You didn't, you didn't get to Let do any magic. Let me tell you that's something. So, that's such I... a magical experience as a young man. I tried to make those experiences like it's a stupid thing to care about. And for those of you who were never Mormon, uh, what we're, what I want you to imagine is dopey pre-adolescence and adolescence, like trying to be trying to look as somber as they can, as they like literally take a piece of the cheapest bread you can find and rip it into pieces with their grubby hands for the entire uh, congregation to partake in. Right. And this was this was your big, this was the big new thing that you could do. And I bought into it. I wanted it. I, I made it a big deal in my head. Even even that, I really tried to make a thing. Well, it but had eventually, been made a big deal for you. Like, yeah. Like, this is like, it is, like, your mother was so proud Right. <laughs> right. Well, what's funny is I don't think my parents were, but I was told that they would be. <laughs> I, I, my parents, I think, got that this was not a real big deal, but I was told by the rest of the church that they would be really proud of me. <laughs> oh, oh, man. It's just so sad. It, this is this is religion distilled down to its purest form this is the straight dope you don't want to snort at this pure it's, no, it's dangerous toxic. for you it's totally and the people toxic. around you <laughs> <laughs> oh lord well kids if you would like to tell us your own stories of snorting toxic religion you can do so by going to by uh emailing us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, hey, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIAtheist, and click on the like button. And while you're there, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. It is a closed group. We will let you in. Also find us on Twitter at TGIAtheist. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Facebook, thanks so much to Danny and Amy for being moderators in the Members Only Lounge. And, of course, a big thanks goes out to the Red Rock Hot Club and also to Gordon Johnston for the use of their music. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Bye-bye.